Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's go to Acts chapter 3. I love it, man. I love it when you guys give good news. I feel excited, inspired, and ready to roll. You want to roll? Let's roll. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now, these were two of Jesus' inner circle. Now, you have 12 disciples. Scripture says one was a devil, <laughs> right? So Judas didn't make the, he did some crazy thing and he betrayed Jesus. Then there were 11 left. But does anybody remember the names of the inner circle of Jesus? I heard it whispered. Miss Debbie didn't want to be a know-it-all. She said it quietly as she looked down. But other people said it over here. Peter, James, and John. They were with him on the Mount of Transfiguration. You remember that? Remember at that point, Peter, Peter was there and he was crazy because he, you know how some people are, they just got to say something. So there was a manifestation of God's presence, and God the Father spoke, and then there was, man, Moses and Elijah, is that right? And then, so Peter said, it's good that we're here, because Scripture says he didn't know what else to say. He said, it's good that we're here, Lord, and we can make three tabernacles, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. I don't know what that means, and I don't think he did either. But I think it's fascinating that the writers of the New Testament and the Gospels put that in there because Peter was just filling the air with something. But he was there. Peter walked on the water. Scripture says John, John the Beloved, that's the one who's here with Peter, we believe. John the Beloved, he was probably the youngest of the disciples. Scripture says he's the one who would lay his head on Jesus' chest. Can you imagine being that close to Jesus? Because there was Peter, James, and John, and then there was John. And John was right there. He could have been a teenager. And he would just lean his head on Jesus' chest while Jesus would teach and stuff. That is crazy. He was close. He was close to Jesus. So these were two of uh, Jesus' inner circle there. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. Wow, man. 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, someone say temple. All right, you're with me. A man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the what? The beautiful gate. We got to talk about that and see that in Israel. You all remember that? The gate called beautiful. So he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Hey, Holmes, you got some money you can spare? There was a guy today at Walmart, and I was excited to see that he was accepting money from people. You know the traditional spot? Those that are asking for money, I think they respect each other because I don't ever see them fighting over the spot. It's whoever gets there first, I guess. So the guy was there, but somebody must have given him a little Gideon Bible, and he was reading the Bible, man, when I rolled up. I said, man, you're reading the Bible? Hang in there, bro. Hang in there. So Peter and John looked at him intently because that guy's expecting money, right? And Peter said, look at us. Oh, now he's got his attention. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting money some money but Peter said I don't have any silver or gold for you all right but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene one translation says Jesus Christ of Nazareth that's the same thing get up and walk wow then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up you know the boldness of that he prayed over him and then he grabbed him by the hand and said all right it's time to get up now let's take a faith step and as he did, as he did, he grabbed the guy's hand to help his faith, I guess. 
The man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and what? And strengthened. You know, my message right now is keep believing. Some of you have been waiting on some stuff an awful long time. I'm not the Apostle Peter, man. I've not had the privilege of walking on water. I've not had the privilege of hanging out with Jesus physically or eating with him like Peter did. But I'm going to tell you right now, when I preach the word, man, I'm reaching for you. I'm grabbing you and telling you to stand up. Come on, stand up on your own two feet. Stand up believing. Stand up believing. Scripture says today is the day of salvation. There was a saying in Mexico years ago, and it said, Mañana nunca viene. Tomorrow never comes. I was talking to a guy today, and he said, oh, yeah. He said, oh, yeah. He said, he said we used to have a saying in Mex Mexico, and I'll just translate it in English. He said, no, I can't loan you the money today, but come back tomorrow. You show up tomorrow, and he says, you know what? Not today, tomorrow. No, Scripture says today is the day of salvation. I'm reminded of the Syrophoenician woman. Remember that story where some people said, man, Jesus made some offensive comments remember the Syrophoenician woman she had a daughter who was possessed she needed healing and Jesus said man it ain't right for me to give it ain't right for me to give the children's bread to the dogs that Greek word for dogs is kunaria beloved household pets said man the kids have their food but the dogs get the scraps I don't understand why Jesus said it that way but God knows his own heart he said it for a reason and it did not man some people would have been so offended but I love a message I heard years ago by Pastor Sanabria and he said it wasn't her time but she figured out that it was her moment she went she was this quick I love it when people are quick like that she said yes Lord you're right but even the dogs, they eat the crumbs from the master's table. She wasn't going to give up. So she had her moment. And Jesus said, you know what? Great's your faith. Receive it. So sometimes we need a little help, right? Sometimes we need a little help. So Peter grabbed this guy's hand and jerked him up. He jumped up, stood on his feet after his ankles and feet were healed. And he began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with him. Oh, I imagine. I bet he was doing jumping jacks and all kinds of crazy stuff. Shouting, causing a scene. How are you going to calm someone down who was born lame? Shh, it's church time. Be quiet. No. Praise God! All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. I guarantee they heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. He said, man, these guys got a good thing going on. He was holding on to them still. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? Remember, this is the guy who spoke because he didn't have any, he didn't know what else to do. Now he was filled with the Spirit. So when he spoke now, it was with purpose. He said, people of Israel, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had what? As though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness. For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the what? Same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate. He's not letting that go yet, is he? Remember he did that in his first sermon? He's like, yeah, yeah, y'all crucified the Lord of glory. The same Jesus whom you handed over 
and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. He's making sure they knew what they did. There's a reason for that. He wants to bring godly sorrow for their actions. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. Did anyone see the passion of the Christ? Y'all remember Barabbas? He looked like he was insane, some ugly dude. Uh, and the crowd didn't even want him, really. They just wanted to crucify Jesus. Look at this statement. You killed the author of life. You say, the author of life? Oh, yeah, he is the Word of God. So he was there. Scripture, John chapter 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus was there at the beginning. Even though he hadn't manifested himself in this Jewish body form, he was the author of life. He said, let there be life. And he said, let there be animals. And then he breathed the breath of life into male and female. Wow, the author of life. But God, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus. Someone say, through faith in the name of Jesus. That's right. This man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Hmm. Friends, the Apostle Peter goes on to say, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. Have you ever done something in ignorance? Said something, uh, jumped to a conclusion, made a judgment about someone. You didn't know why they did that. It just looked wrong. It was odd, and you, you went after it. Man, he said, what you did was completely ignorant. You didn't, you didn't know what you were doing. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah that he must suffer these things. Hmm. Remember Isaiah chapter 53? Hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Book of Psalms predicts um, Jesus, his life, also his crucifixion, his suffering as well, down, down to details. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. When you repent of sin, you've got to turn to God, don't you? Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. That's what you find when you're walking with Jesus, man. Times of refreshment will come. Anybody ever worked out in the hot sun and then jumped in the shower? I did that today. Man, there's nothing like that shower, even if it's in a rush. Oh, praise God. Man, especially if you can smell yourself. But anyway, I'm just making sure y'all are listening. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Nothing like, Scripture says that God's Word is like water. It cleanses, it renews, it refreshes. Think about what water does in real life. All truth is parallel. It cleanses, it refreshes, it renews, it hydrates, right? It satisfies your desire. Did you know without water, cells cannot multiply in your body? You need water. Some are like, well, I do six Dr. Peppers a day. There's water in that. Well, it's not the same thing. There's not, it's not the same thing. You know? For he must remain in heaven, talking about Jesus, until the time for the final restoration of all things. That time is coming soon, brothers and sisters, I promise you. The time for the final restoration of all things. As God promised, once again, he alludes to the prophets, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. The more you read in the Word, I'm telling you right now, if you start to read the Word with an open mind, an open heart, just deciding to seek God, wanting to get to know God, looking for truth, 
I was talking to some of the guys in my Bible study about this last night. Your mind will be blown. There are things in there. It is incredible the things that God has known. And I said this a few weeks ago. All prophecy, all of the word, it will all be fulfilled in time. Scripture says he sent his word and healed them. He sent his, his word and forgave their sin. But Scripture also says his word will not return empty. It will not return void. His word will accomplish what's he, what he sends it to accomplish. Well, guess what? He sent his word in the form of Jesus, and now we have the written word, and now we can accept Jesus because Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And by the Holy Spirit on earth, we can now accept Jesus. And God is everywhere at once. But Scripture, like I said a few, few weeks ago, is, has either been fulfilled, is being fulfilled, or will be fulfilled. Are you with me? Let me say that again. Scripture has been fulfilled, is being fulfilled, or will be fulfilled. All right? Every last bit of it. Jesus said that too. Every last bit will be fulfilled. All of it. Moses said, look at this. He's still preaching here. The Apostle Peter. The Lord your God. Moses said this. And many of them, they missed it. They didn't recognize the time of their visitation. That's crazy. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Moses, thousands of years before, prophesied that Jesus would come. Then Moses said, Anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Wow. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. Look, the Apostle Peter is speaking to the Jewish people here. He says, you were the children of those prophets and you were included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. Can you imagine? What a promise to Abraham. You know what else he told Abraham? In blessing I will bless you and in multiplying I will multiply you. You know the beauty of that is... There's something compound about that. You can't expect compound interest at the bank. I sent a picture to someone the other day about interest rates at the bank. And it I'd be and it's it's my bank. I love the people there. They're kind. They give me favor. They've been good to us for years. But I was walking out of the bank and I saw their interest rates and it's like 0.0001% on I thought I thought, man, it's been a while since I read a decimal like that, but what is that, one one-thousandth of a percent or something? What is that? Annual percentage yield, point one. One-tenth of a percent. What does that mean? Just no, no kind of interest there, no kind of anything. Let's go, ba- let's go back to that previous verse again. In your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. You know what? I'm going to take a time out. Let's go to Genesis. This is not in the lineup, so bear with us right now. Bear with me and Valeria. Let's go to Genesis. I want to read that promise because it's to you as well. Genesis. Mika, give me a second. I'll know it as soon as I see it. I think it's 1722, but it might be 2217. <laughs> a dyslexic memory. Hold on. What's that? 22? Thank you, Mom. 2217. Is Proverbs 2017, 20, 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine? 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. There's a lot going on in here tonight. <laughs> Bear with me. Genesis 22:17. Look at this. This is for you as well. The Apostle Peter is referring back to this. He said, I will certainly bless you. It's not as cool in New Living. You know what? Let's do New King James, New King James Version. Let's see what that says. Oh, you're fast. In blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. You say, man, that's just for their descendants. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. Your descendants will be winners. God has always forecasted for you to be a winner. Anyone who has told you something different lied to you, man. I don't know who lied to you. Are you checking this out on the live stream? I don't know who lied to you, but God, God calls you a winner. Why? You were made in His image. His likeness and His image. The mind of Christ, Scripture says. We have the mind of Christ. That just, that's the mind of a total winner. So in blessing I will bless you, He says, and multiplying I will multiply you. Hmm. Let's go back. Let's go back wherever we were in Acts chapter 3. I think it was verse 25. There it is. Let's go on to verse 26 now. Thank you. When God raised up his servant, Jesus, he sent him first to you people of Israel. <laughs> you people of Israel. He's being very direct. No confusion there. To bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Next one. Wow, we've already knocked out chapter 3. I'm not going to get in. I knew you hesitated for a reason. I was like, I must have blew... I must have blown through that chapter. Does anyone have any questions tonight? I don't always hit it that hard. I want to talk to you a little bit more about it, but has, does anyone have any questions here tonight on Bible study service Wednesday? I already know you're probably not going to ask questions. So if you do, you'll catch me after church probably. Go, hey, Pastor Matt, I have a question. Or you'll text me. But you know the beauty of the Word? The beauty of the Word is that Jesus said, and he confirms this, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. He's going to fulfill everything he came to fulfill, Jesus. The powerful thing about the story and the life and the death and the resurrection, burial and resurrection of Jesus, is that he fulfilled ceremonial law. You no longer have to kill lambs. Praise God, that would be hard on me and goats, and birds, and it's some crazy stuff in the Old Testament. You ever looked at You got to twist birds' heads, break their necks, different stuff. You say, man, why would they do that, the innocent? There is no sacrifice for sin without shedding of blood of something innocent. And Jesus was the perfect sinless lamb. So the Old Testament was, this is powerful, the Old Testament was covering your sin. That's why they had to keep offering sacrifices, right? But now Jesus, according to John the Baptist, according to the Word, according to himself, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's like you've never sinned. It's like you've never sinned. Talk about guilt-free. Now here's your homework. Get into the Word. Stay in the Word. You say, man, I don't read well, or I don't like to read, or man, my reading comprehension, I have a hard time with it. Or I'm just, I'm busy at work, I want to read, but... Listen to the Word. Get into the Word every day. I, I either read it or listen to it, or now, in the last several weeks, maybe the last month and a half, I've been doing a combination of reading and listening, and that has been good. I soak it up. And sometimes I miss it. 
I'm listening and I'm daydreaming. I said, wait, I'm going to repeat that. So I start the chapter over. So get into the word. Why? Scripture says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Scripture also says, he that the Son has set free is free indeed. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. Scripture also says that his words are life and truth. So do we need that? Oh, man, look around you. They're fudging everywhere. The news, newspapers, magazines, they are fudging everywhere. They throw a little truth in there, but it's mixed with lies all the time. They give you partial truths. They create in your mind an image of truth. They, sorry, they create in your mind an image that is not true by careful use of words. So you've got to get into the Word. You've got to put God first. Matthew 6, says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Line upon line. You know what? Real quick. Back in the day, man, this, this verse, let's go to Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Michael. Back in the day, this verse made it into my, I think it made it into my first 20 sermons. Joshua 1, 8. I, I really think so. At least 10 of them. And mom would just be in the front going, amen, babe, you know, whatever. But I, just, I would put this, this book of the law. Would you, let's do this one in New Living Translation, if you don't mind. Man, you are on it, Valeria. You're doing a fabulous job. Study this book of instruction in, continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and what? Succeed. In all you do, stay in God's word. Stay in God's word. Man, I mumble it. I mutter it. We, uh, we, we were taking care of uh, Vanessa's son, Max, today for a little while. And he reminds me of myself in some, some ways, not every way. Of course, he has a lot more hair than me, and it's curly. But he, he reminds me of myself because he talks to himself. He entertained, he's self-entertained. He's an only child, so he, he just does it. He creates his own world, his own universe. And he just, he's doing his thing. He's having fun. He's running around. He talks to himself. But, you know, I do that sometimes with the Word, and I practice it. You say, man, do you practice your sermons? Not necessarily. There's times I'll practice phrases or say things and see how they sound out loud. A lot of it I do in my mind because I just imagine, I go, how, how is that going to work out, Lord? Help me with that. Help me to get that point across. But I will tell you this. I say the word out loud a lot. And whether people hear me or not, I don't know, but I, I talk to myself that way. I mutter. I keep the word in my mouth. If you look into the original Hebrew, it's keep the word in your mouth by muttering. Remember, did your grandma ever mutter in the kitchen? Your grandma? Your abuelita? When she's making tortillas? Right? She said, yo le dije. I told him, yo le dije. She's working. Or your mom, maybe. She's muttering in the kitchen. You got to do that with the word. Just murmur. Murmur it. Mutter. Mutter the word. Just confess the word. You say, man, why, why would I do that? Find the verse. My dad always said this growing up. And I'll wrap it up with this. Find the verse that covers your case. Find the verse that brings comfort to you. Find the verse that you need. Find the scripture that you need. Learn it, man, and say it out loud. Say it out loud. Say it out loud. Stay in the word. Above all else, put God first. Bow your heads and close your eyes tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for your wisdom. Father, we thank you because you're faithful, you're holy. Scripture says righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. I thank you tonight because you're faithful. I thank you tonight because you are good. I thank you tonight because 
You've been so good to us. Father, I believe with my whole heart there was something, there was a word in there tonight for everyone. Not because I spoke it, but because it came directly from your word. There was something in there for everybody in this house, everybody on the live stream, everybody who will listen to this later on the podcast. Thank you, Father. Your words are truth and life. We receive your word tonight. We receive your word tonight. We need you. We humbly say, Lord, we need you. You have made us. We didn't make ourselves. That's what scripture said. You have made us and not we ourselves. We're not self-made anything. Our job is to renew our minds with your help. But Lord God, you have made us and we trust you. We believe you. You are the divine engineer, Lord God. And you know the best way we can function in life is to put you first because you created us for communion with yourself. When you breathe life into the nostrils, into the lungs of our ancestors, Adam and Eve, you created them to serve you and to be in communion with you. And I thank you, Lord, that years later, Abraham, the father of faith, he believed you and it was counted to him as righteousness. Scripture says, the just, the righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. God, I thank you that we're going to live by faith. It's, hmm, it's my confession and my belief tonight, Lord, that you're doing something deep in our hearts. A deep work. Lord, we don't want to be shallow with you. Marriages that are shallow, they're just kind, they just kind of exist. In the same way, Lord, our marriage to you as the body of Christ, Father, we don't want it to be shallow. We want the conversations to be meaningful. We want the un understanding to be prevalent and present. An understanding of you and your word. And God, I thank you tonight because you're faithful. I want everybody in this house to repeat this prayer with me. Those on the live stream as well. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that I'm right with you by faith. In Jesus' name, I repent of anything that would come between us. Forgive me, Lord. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I am right with you by faith. And I thank you for your grace. Now strengthen me. Encourage me. Help me to walk in faith, hope, and love. Thank you, God. I give you glory. I trust you. Speak to me in Jesus' name.